All right, I hit record. We're ready to go. Well, welcome to the Golden Strip Soundcast, the official podcast of the Golden Strip School of Music. Today we have a very special guest, one of our teachers who thankfully doesn't teach classical. He's a jazz guy. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, so my name is Ryan Cavallo, and uh, yes, I am the ace, one of the saxophone teachers here at the Golden Strip School of Music, and with a focus on jazz and improvision and anything but classical music, yes. <laughs> I just say that to poke fun at our uh, classical teachers. Which, hey, you got to have those guys, too. Yes, we do, and they are excellent teachers, too. So tell... Tell me about your approach to teaching. So approach to teaching, um, kind of interesting one. And, and obviously, you know, how I, I say it, for, especially for a beginning student, you know, the, the, the school will give them a book and they'll go line by line and, you know, number by number. And But uh, for me, if, if I bring a, a student on, especially a beginner, A, I'm going to take it at their pace. Uh, if they seem to pick it up quicker, then we'll move faster and we'll go breeze through uh, book one. But if they need to take their time on something, we'll take their time. So it's all up to, really up to the student, um, how much time they put forth on it. And just, you know, are they struggling? Are they? So I really take an individualized approach to lessons and teaching. And obviously my my whole goal is to you know, I, I I think the one thing that I try to do is really show my passion for music. Um, and not only that, but just uh, hopefully I, I provide a, a positive influence on young people. Um, that's, that's the main thing. That's the whole goal. And kind of help them develop their interest, whether it is jazz or maybe it is classical when they go in that direction. Or if it's uh, show tunes or rock or bluegrass, I've never seen a saxophone that's playing bluegrass. I don't think I have sure either. it could happen, but but you know, to develop their their own interests so that they, you know, they stay with it instead of saying, "Oh, this is boring," and give up after two years. It, it one of the things I was glad I just heard you mention was rock, because I think too many people think of it as strictly a jazz or a classical you know, orchestra kind of instrument where, oh. you know, it, it is in some of the, the best rock songs ever written. I mean, Clarence Clemens, great saxophonist, part of Bruce, Springstring, uh, Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. I mean, fantastic guy. And, and he, he was a jazz guy, but, you know, hey, uh <laughs> <laughs> You don't get much better than that when you talk about a rock band with a saxophone in it. Um, Chicago, another one. I just saw them at the Peace Center. Oh, yeah. I mean, great horn section, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's not just jazz, not just classical. Uh, you could go multiple different ways with that. And, and that's one of the things that we can offer them here at the school is they can go in any direction they want because you've got the capability to teach them and – We've got the capability to showcase them. Absolutely. Yep. What is like, what's the first lesson like with you? When a student comes in and meets Ryan Cavallo, what's it like? I like talking to them first. 
I want to get to know them as as an individual. Um, obviously, if they've they've never played the saxophone, um, it's going to be more about hey, how do you put it together? How do you take care of a reed? How do you put the mouthpiece on? How do you do this? Uh, those little things that they really don't have time in, in the public school to teach. Right. Or, you know, I I, I couldn't teach a you know, a uh, band class in middle school or po- uh, high school because, you know, God bless those people. That's all I have to say. Um, I mean, they they have to know a little bit about every instrument, and right. I think that would be something. I mean, I just couldn't do that. So, you know, I think we're here as a resource, uh, not only myself, but others that give private, you know, private study, and obviously we have brass and we have... Uh, you know, the other woodwinds as well, to say, hey, this is how you really play it. And so it's teachers out there, if, if you're listening to this podcast, hey, we're here to help you uh, help your students. And hopefully, you know, we, we build, help them to develop a better appreciation for what you do, for music, for what they play, their instrument. And boy, hey, marching band directors, wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't that be cool? Absolutely. I, and I think that's a problem at the parent level, too, because they think, well, my kid's taking whatever instrument in school, so they don't need outside lessons when if they're going to develop their talent, they really do need to have outside lessons and not strictly just what they're learning in school. Exactly. And the other thing that I try to do is I bring that a music, music appreciation into it, uh, introduce them to uh, various bands, various artists that have, you know, come before us that have helped pave the way, so to speak, uh, that have made, uh, you know, just monumental uh, impact in, uh, as far as a saxophone is concerned. Tell them about them, tell them who they are, uh, educate them a little bit. So it's not just learning how to play the instrument. It's, hey, knowing who has played it before you. So that's another approach that I take that, you really don't get in the public school system. Right. And you don't get from YouTube lessons. No. no you know, there, there, there's something to be said for the the uh, positives of in-person training as opposed to, I mean, every. I'm sure every instrument is on out on YouTube, but there's such a difference between in-person and online. Oh, absolutely, because in person, obviously, or even if it's uh, uh, Skype, you know, or not Skype, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, you could say Skype or, yeah, or some Zoom kind of or something like that. Virtual, but, but really, even, I mean, I've tried that, and uh, I don't really like it, but if I had to, I had to. Right. But really, you know, in person, whether it's a saxophone or drums or guitar or any, any of the instruments, you have a person that's a seasoned veteran that know what they're doing, that, that's watching the other person. And when they see something that's, hey, wait, you didn't, you're not doing that quite right. You could stop and give that feedback instead of a YouTube lesson. Yeah, you could hear it and you go do it. and well, that, But then you don't get that other part of it. Right. And for kids it, and even adults, you don't know. You don't know you, what you don't know. Right. You may think you're sounding right, but your ears 
right. you know, aren't, aren't developed, so you really don't know. Or, you know, are you holding it right? Are you, you know, pressing the right keys? Or, but, right. You know. Or breathing uh, right. Breathing right. Are you, you know, teaching a person that it's not about just blowing into the horn, that your tongue has a lot to do with how the sound and, and how how does that how is that sound made and uh, I mean all of that goes into it and you just don't get that on a, a YouTube lesson, right? Uh, how did you get into playing the sax? <laughs> That's a good question. So let's see. I'm 44. I started playing in fifth grade, so it's been what, 30. I was 10 years old. So 34 years of my life, I've been playing this horn. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I was growing up, I thought I was going to play the drums because, I, you know, I was just enamored by that. And, you know, watching, growing up watching MTV and music videos. And, I mean, you know, that, the drummer guy, drummer was cool. Kevin Huber would, would love me saying this, nah. right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I thought... That's what I was going to do. So I actually got a drum pad and a set of, a pair of sticks for Christmas one year. That was my Christmas present. And I beat on that thing, and, I, you know, I thought I was – that's where I thought. Then my um, – I have a, a cousin that's a year older, and he started band, and he started playing the trombone. And so I, you know, saw him playing the trombone. I said, yeah, I want to play the trombone. So, you know, when we went into the – I remember the – uh, fourth grade was in Pennsylvania. You start in fifth grade. Fourth grade at the end of the year, I'm in the library and they have all the band instruments laid out and all that. And I was saying I'm playing the trombone because that's you know my cousin plays it, so I'm going to play it. Well, my uncle got wind of uh, one of my uncles got wind of me wanting to play the band, playing the band. And he spoke up and he said, well, you know, I've got a tenor saxophone that's in the closet that's my old horn. I don't play it anymore. You know, I've got another one. Ryan's welcome to have it if he wants to try the saxophone. And so, you know, kind of gave it some thought. We went and got it, messed around a little bit, and lo and behold, I'm a saxophone player. Uh, uh, and oh, I'm sorry, keep going. And so, I, I mean, I started on tenor, which is very odd. You don't see that that often. And so I remember my, my fifth grade year. So when I, I go in and, I'm, and, I'm, I was, and I was able to handle it because I was fairly tall for my age, so that wasn't a problem. But here I am tutting a tenor saxophone in. And the school band director, and I, I remember her, and I, I loved all of my elementary band directors, but she... Uh, they didn't realize I was going to play the tenor. And while the tenor and alto are pitched differently. Right. So here I am. I have a tenor. I'm reading a clarinet book, but looking at the fingering chart in a saxophone book, because even though they're pitched differently, the fingerings are the same, until maybe about three weeks into the class, into the school year, I finally got a book of my own. So imagine <laughs> starting out like that, you know, <laughs> throw, already throwing a curveball, you know. But, uh, and, you know, and the rest is history. Well, you, you could have easily given up after that oh, first yeah. experience, those oh, first two weeks. Yeah, of course. school band. <laughs> but, uh, no, stuck with it. And, and we all have inspirations, 
for our music or our chosen instruments. Did you have any, who's your inspiration that you were like, you know, I want to play like that or who inspired you to keep going? Because that means. So in sixth grade, so it's even before then, but really it was sixth grade that I remember the high school jazz band came to the ele- our elementary school. And uh, there was a saxophonist. His name was Kenny Stumpf. Kenny, if you're out there, thank you. Uh, because I saw him play. He was the lead saxophone player. And uh, I said, man, I want to do that. I saw him up there soloing. The, the, the jazz band always played Woodchopper's Ball. The lot, that was the... Average area high school. So those people up there, that if they're listening to this podcast, trust me, I'll be sharing it on Facebook. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll remember. Those that are in the jazz band, they'll remember what Chopper's Ball. And, and the whole thing was it was had a saxophone solo in it. And, the, you know, was, they tried to bring back those big band music days when the, 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 the musicians would move a little bit and do all that kind of stuff. And, so that was always the closing number, and I'm, that one stuck with me, and I was like, oh, man, I want to do that. That is so cool. And so that's, and little did I know, so sixth grade went by, uh, seventh and eighth, and ninth grade, I was in the high school jazz band, so playing with Chopper's Ball. That's pretty awesome. I I gotta say, I have no idea what Chopper's Ball is, but <laughs> you know, so so it was originally done by Woody Herman. So you gotta check that out. Uh, re-recorded several times, but you know, since then, um, obviously that was that was the first. But uh, I, I mean, my favorites have been like Sonny Rollins, um, Tower of Power. Now, probably oh, yeah. Josh Redman. Uh, listened to a lot of him, especially in high school. Got to meet him on several occasions. That was that was really cool. Got to see Sonny Rollins in concert. That was really cool. But uh, now it's been Tower of Power. Um, uh, Tom Pulitzer is the lead saxophonist. And boy, if I can play anywhere like him, uh, I'd be I'd be doing things right. But uh, um, I've seen them several times. I've actually had a chance to do a zoom meeting with him with one of my students i don't know who was more excited me or my student but that was pretty cool that is very cool so uh that was during the pandemic when obviously tower wasn't touring and i'll be seeing him in february in atlanta so i can't wait for that concert have you ever played with any uh, famous people yes actually i have um so i was a You know, I think it was my senior, yeah, my senior year in Clemson. So I was, uh, I was part of the Clemson Jazz Ensemble for two and a half years. And my senior year, um, every February, they always, to celebrate Black History Month, they always brought a, a jazz artist in. And that year, they brought a woman by the name of Nina Freelon okay. into, uh, you know, to do a concert uh, in, in that February. And I remember uh, our jazz band director said, hey, yeah, Nina said that, you know, rehearsal is going to be, a, she's going to rehearse it, you know, this time in the Brooks Center. And uh, if any of the jazz ensemble members want to go, 
uh, and sit and, and watch rehearsal, and she'll kind of do it as a rehearsal slash master class. You know, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, just kind of talk it up and all that. Myself and our drummer were the only two that showed up. And, of course, they also said, well, bring your instruments and all that. Of course, right. he brought his sticks, and uh, I brought my horn. And I had it sitting in front of me. And I remember she, you know, they were rehearsing, going through their t- tunes and all that. And she um, she looked at me, and she says, you're a sax player, I take it. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, well, what's that thing doing in its case? Get it out and come on up here on stage. Oh, that's awesome. I said, 